Hello, welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I am Crystalline, and we are excited to be able to bring you a really cool episode today. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. I, I do too. Um, we first want to just say that like a lot has happened mm-hmm. <laughs> in yeah. the energy and in collective over the last week and a half-ish by the time this comes out. And um, we just want to highlight the fact that uh, women's rights are human rights. That's where mm-hmm. we stand, period the end of the discussion there um and just to make sure you guys know that in um especially in the link in my bio i don't know if you have resources in your bio yet or not do you not yet no okay no i'm cool. we're working on my... it on a more local scale with bamsi and to- stuff so i figured as much chris is working with um they own a coffee shop and all this sort of stuff um but i have links in my bio under at like words on any of my social medias that you are give you reading resources um one of our amazing, we had her on here, uh, the owner of Betty's Pages recommended uh, the handbook for post row America. And currently the ebook is for free from the publishing company. So if you want to check that out, feel free to look in the link in my bio. Um, plus places you can donate are also in there as well, because one of the most frustrating things in the world to have to deal with is when you want to do something and you can't. So yeah. here's some places that you can do things when it feels like you can't. As we come into this eclipse happening in Scorpio, let's talk about the feeling of powerlessness. (laughs) Right. Um, And that is kind of, we wanted to really, this episode is going to be structured a little interestingly because we wanted to tell you um, a ghost story basically, and talk Mm -hmm. about the high vibration energy of fear. Cause it is actually a vibration that can be very high vibe and it gets kind of a bad rap of being this inherently negative thing, which it's not. Yeah. So the, the other um, thing to discern or to point out is that everything is a vibration. And Mm -hmm. I like to go between high vibe and dense vibe because low vibe has gotten such a um, it's become a little bit too slang. So it's got a bunch of different meanings now. And to me, dense vibration is a vibration, which does not allow for movement. And sometimes fear can freeze you and it can stop you from taking action, which makes it dense. But other times fear can compel you and it can be transmuted and transformed into something that leads to radical, amazing aligned action. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't stay fear. Yeah. I don't know if I've described this on this podcast before, but I always think of emotions as candy and the vibration of emotions Mm. as candy. So if you think about it, the high vibration emotions, the things that are easy to flow through are like cotton candy. You put it on your tongue. It just melts and dissolves. It goes away. You don't even have to chew it. It just is mm-hmm. there and it's easy to process. It's dense a trine vibration. in astrology. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, dense vibration emotions are toffee. So yeah, it's still candy, but you would have to chew it. It might get stuck in your teeth. Your jaw might get tired, whatever it is, but it is still candy. So mm-hmm. that's the easiest way I found to think about all of these emotional frequencies that there's nothing that's low vibration which is somehow inherently negative it's just Mm -hmm. higher vibration which is easy to eat and denser vibration which is a little bit more challenging but equally as sweet yeah and that's that's exactly how we kind of explain aspects in astrology like we said you know the trine being like cotton candy it's so easy you might miss it or it goes by really fleetingly but squares and oppositions are like the toffee like you're explaining where they're enough effort that you notice them But slowly but surely they create the experience of eating toffee or having candy, whatever. And you really notice and remember it. And it it has the more lasting impact for 
the investment that went into it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the things that, you know, when we overcome fear, Mm -hmm. whether that's following through and just outlasting it, or whether it's being inspired into action from it, that's always the thing that we end up being most proud of. Yeah. So I look forward to the things that we all will do as a result of what, of, of the circumstances we are in that we will be proud of on the other Mm -hmm. side of fear. Yeah, absolutely. And it is important to remember that fear is why bravery exists Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the core of it, which means that it is an intrinsic motivator. It brings together community and it's just, it's huge. I feel like a lot of us have our wires crossed when it comes to real, real fear versus fake fear and anxiety feels like you're afraid every day, but there is an inherent difference between fear that is motivational and fear that is destructive. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be the thing I would work. I would suggest personally pursing out between yourself this week is like, what part of my fear is just crippling me and what part of it is making me want to do something which has been a really cool thing that's come up from the last week is the forced go with the flow energy that is happening Mm -hmm. is requiring us to all do something with our fear. And I think that's been really healthy in some ways because it's aligned us and motivated us and like things are moving forward because of that. Yeah. And this is really the, the meat or substance of the sandwich that has been this eclipse cycle. (laughs) So this is all happening bookended by these eclipses, which means this is the universe putting things into place for us to take our next steps. That's not saying this is what the universe has divined. You know, the divine will of the universe says this has to happen. It's saying these are the pieces which we will now use in our next strategy. And it's the, the, um, the deck being dealt for us to play. It's not saying this is the deck you're dealt and you're stuck with it because you can draw a card. You can, you know, like we've all played card games. You know how they go. There is no card game where you're stuck with the hand you're dealt. Mm -hmm. I can't think of one. Um, And so it doesn't go that way in this situation either. We're being shown the scenario and then the, uh, the game begins and we start navigating it. And that's, that's where Mm -hmm. I think we are. And I choose not to feel powerless in it, Mm -hmm. even though there are moments where I'm at a loss (laughs) and I can acknowledge those. And I can honor that I have moments where I need to reset and regroup and just sit in my feelings before I can draw my power back into me. It's funny when I asked my guys, because I was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I was real fucking mad um, at my guys when the leak came I was like why didn't I get a warning why didn't you guys tell me what is going on with this like this is not fair um and basically they were just like do you want the patriarchy to die or not I was Mm. like "Eh." (laughs) I do but I wanted a warning with that and that's what it feels like too is just like you don't get to decide how the pieces fall you just get to deal with them when they fall and know that it is moving towards a shift that is coming and kind of go that way which doesn't Mm -hmm. feel great which is the number one thing that I keep saying like eclipses don't feel great because the universe is moving the pieces for you and you just have to allow which sucks I'm not gonna lie it doesn't feel good it never does yeah Um, and it's just like if we would have had more of a heads up we would have begun to resist in the the sense of you know what you resist persists kind of thing. So like Mm -hmm. we would have started resisting and missed opportunities to act. We would have started resisting and missed the bigger picture. Instead, the bigger picture just kind of dropped 
we got to see it and then we got to say, okay, what works in this environment? Well, that's the whole thing too, is that that was the thing my guide said too. It's like, this was a leak. Nothing is signed. This is a yeah. leak so that you can do something. This is If the it core, was signed and then knowledge. came out, that would be blindsiding. But right mm-hmm. now you got the privilege of seeing behind the curtain for a minute so that yeah. everyone can mobilize and things can change. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. fair. Still grumpy at you, but fair. <laughs> Which is totally fine. Like you're uh-huh. allowed to be grumpy with your guides and you're allowed to all be grumpy with all of that stuff. Especially when they're trying to make me do something that I know is good for me, but I do not want to do said mm-hmm. thing. I get grumpy with them all the time, oh. especially while I'm doing said thing. I'm like, screw yeah. you. Like, screw yeah. you for making me do this. I don't want to. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> there have, stuff. there have literally been situations where God has thrown me under a bus for the sake of some kind of, sometimes I haven't even been able to see the culmination for what was going on. And I just had mm-hmm. to sit under the bus and be like, you did this. And I trust that there's a reason for it. And I'm going to follow through. But mm-hmm. that wasn't very nice. <laughs> yep. That has yeah. happened many a time for me as well. I'm just yeah. like, great. Glad I had to take the fall for that one. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Super fun. Thanks. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so we wanted to tell you guys a ghost story. Um, yeah. This pertains both to understanding fear and mm-hmm. also a little bit about what's going on in the world and hopefully gives you some motivation and some inspiration energy yeah, inspiration yeah. i think uh because we were inspired as hell uh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. give you some so, wind to put underneath your wings as you remain aloft here yes um, so we're we so so proud of this sorry i just want to preface with like i'm super proud that this comes from my hometown which has not gotten a lot of good reputation that it deserves and that it, you know, has, has really built its experience on. Um, Mm -hmm. And now this is getting recognition at, of course, the perfect time. So Emily, ironically, I think you tell the story the best and, you know, with the most engagement. So I will yield to you for this. Thank you. Um, First, I want to start by talking about Krista's hometown a little bit, because this is where we host our writing retreats. So she lives in a very small coal town. um, (laughs) And which, if you know anything about the state of the world, coal is not one of our predominant resources anymore. But it has a lot of these beautiful old, old roots. So a lot of Victorian style houses and Georgian style houses, huge cemeteries that have like mm. crazy energy about them. Um, the coffee to- shop that um, uh, they and Dan own are awesome. It's, it's, it's so cool. It's inside an old stone church with these beautiful windows, all of this stuff, because the buildings in that area are not super up for like super well kept up on so right now Mm -hmm. everything is kind of changing and shifting in the town which I find amazing it's also the perfect place to have a writing retreat because all the buildings are Victorian and neat and old Um, (laughs) Edison's one of Edison's factories is there one of his original factories which is amazing yeah we have the first first church church. yeah Yeah. first church to ever have electricity exists in this town it used to be this depot of trains that like even Disney mentored in a cartoon like it used to be this huge hub and now it's just kind of different so Chris and I have hosted multiple retreats there um over the last year and a half I guess now yeah isn't it amazing I'm doing it for a while now (laughs) over the last year and a half we've hosted multiple retreats there and the B&B that we always put our clients up in we um we've gone through the tour of this B&B a lot of times at this point the current owner of said B&B is a talker to say it lightly and so we have heard the details of this for a long time it is a very large 
um, row style Victorian house, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. It has like 10 rooms. It has so many stories. The servant's quarters is now a bedroom. It has a ballroom. It's just magnificent. And everything on the inside is still original for the most part. So the banisters, the door frames, everything's carved and beautiful. The wood floor is all the original Mm -hmm. flooring. It's just spectacular. So the first time that we walked into the house, Krista was like, Hey, I've done a paranormal investigation in here. Like I want to see what you get. And I was like, all right, like I'll let me see what I pick up on immediately. When you walk in, I was like, Oh, there's a woman down. There's a woman down here. She judges everyone who comes through the door. She is so full of sass and she's kind of tall. And she always wears these like black dresses. And I felt her immediately. She has her hair up, these black dresses, lots of opinions. Mm-hmm. So that was who I felt immediately. And I even turned to Kristen. And I was like, there's a lady in here. Like, the first time we walked in and we're getting this tour, Chris was like, yeah, there is. Uh, she sits over there. And I'm like, I know she's over there. Like very, very clear corporeal ghost. Lots of opinions. Not like sometimes when you interact with ghosts, they're like shadows, right? They're like just mm-hmm. leftover residual energy. That's not her. She is a full <laughs> being just in ghost form. Um, and then upstairs, like two, three floors up, there's this weird chair in a corner that doesn't make any sense. And I was immediately like, there's a guy that sits in that chair and he walks kind of up and down the stairs and just sits in that chair. He's more of a shadow, but I can see him, but he's more of a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, really doesn't have anything to say. Just kind of like there's energy there and there's something in the basement, uh, whatever, um, <laughs> which we didn't really go down in there. So I didn't really like, couldn't feel out who was down there so much. Yeah. Um, and Chris was like, yeah, like that is exactly who I got too. So we did a couple retreats since then, just checking in every time I'd walk in, I'd say hello to our ghost lady friend. Um, Cause she's just, she's fun i enjoy talking yeah. to her she's so sassy yeah. but fine with us time yeah. huh she's fine with us though she's fine with us she's yeah. mostly sassy with the owner like mm-hmm. she judges him actively um and just has opinions on other things that are like like the way that the table looks and like different yeah. things like the that like not so much the house yeah like with the yeah. decoration with who comes in Lots about how she doesn't like his stories. Like there's just a lot of energy there. Um, but this time he, for some reason, this past time that we did, he was like, I'm going to show you the Kate Heffelfinger room. And both of us were like, wait a second. What? Like you've given us this tour so many times and you've not mentioned this room at all. And he took us to the top floor and he's like, this is the Kate Heffelfinger room. And he opens the door and there's this portrait of this woman right there. And Crystal and I just instantly looked at each other like, that's her. And we should, I should point out that as our clients are being given the tour, Emily and I stay back because mm-hmm. we don't want to reveal to them that there's a spirit or whatever for multiple reasons. We don't want to keep anybody awake at night because the spirits are fine. And also if they have an experience, we get to validate their own intuition for them. Yeah. So we will fall back and just sort of compare notes and validate mm-hmm. each other during the tour experience. This mm-hmm. was the first time this room had ever been available and revealed to us. And it was, so we're at the back of the group as this is happening. We're at the back of the group and the clients are just like, oh, and Chris and I are just like, oh, my he's breathing out at the back of the group. And he's like, yeah, she was one of the original, I'm going to call them suffragettes. I know there was a different term mm-hmm. um, for the, the American suffrage movement, but she was one yeah. of like the three biggest names suffragettes, essentially. Yeah. The of National the early Women's 1900s. Party. Yeah. The National Women's Party was what she was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just kind of briefly was just like, yeah, you know, she got arrested like five times um, for all for protesting in front of the White House. And one time she was in jail for like six months and she went on a hunger strike and she got force fed through a tube. And Chris and I were both just like, hold on, Dave, like pause. 
what do you mean? Like, why have you not told us about this? This is amazing. He's like, yeah, this was her hometown. No one really has mentioned her or brought her up. Like even the local newspaper didn't want to do a story on it. So Chris and I are both like, okay, we now know who the ghost is. And she was laughing by the way, when we had mm-hmm. the realization, she got a kick out of it. Um, our Kate, our lovely ghost friend. Yeah. And so we immediately went back to Chris's house and just researched as much as humanly possible that we could find out about Kate. She was incredible. <laughs> And still is. Um, She did get arrested. I think it was six times total that she got arrested. Yeah. So um, I actually have the Library of Congress article here. Um, So the tags on it, by the way, are suffragists, United States. So that might be our more official term. But she was uh, an art student and a National Women's Party activist sentenced to six months in district jail for Pickerding on October 15th in 1917. Another month was added to her sentence later for a previous offense. And then mm-hmm. in August 1918, she was sentenced to 15 days for participating in the Lafayette Square meeting. And in January 1919, she was sentenced for five days for participation in a watchfire demonstration and then later was institutionalized. Yeah. So, um, and there was two times before she got the six months too. Cause I remember yeah. reading that in the article too, but that was the previous, in that six, right. <laughs> for previous offenses. So there was two times she was arrested for that too. It was only for like a day and a half or two days or something like mm-hmm. really quick little ones. Um, but when the, she went on the hunger strike, it was her and the two other national women's party leaders that were all doing this hunger strike. And she actually managed to smuggle out of the prison notes about how they were force feeding her through a t- tube and mm-hmm. trigger warning on that. They're not pleasant to read. So just, if you want to dive into that, by all means go for it. But it is, if you have medical freaks, ickiness don't, um, cause it's kind of graphic, uh, but she smuggled those out. And then still after she got released and there's photos, there's an actual photo of her kind of being carried almost like from mm-hmm. the prison when she's released and she's just skin and bones and like completely withered. Um, and still after that, she continued to work for the national women's party. And at one point she was just like, I'm going to run for political office. Women could not vote. And she ran for political office, like an absolute badass, Mm -hmm. um, which is just incredible. And she worked at the national women's party for, um, a while until basically women were given the right to vote. And then she kind of retired back to, um, her home in Shemokin. Yeah. Pretty much Um, solitude at that point. Yeah. Yeah in solitude and so all of that we were just like mind blown like yes this is so validating of course she's coming forward to us we can see her more corporally like and the owner of the house denies that she's there which is interesting um but then reading further on she was eventually eventually institutionalized because she was given the nickname in town of crazy kate and that's when the story really got like oh talk about validation she was given the nickname around town as Crazy Kate. And again, this is in like the 30s, 40s. So keep this in 1958. mind. 1958. Yeah. 1958 was when she passed, but she was in the yep. institution for a while. Um, yeah. So this is like early, early stuff um, because she lived alone, which is just horrible. How dare she do such a thing? Yeah. She, uh, she was not married and lived she alone. Was not married and lived alone. She would walk around town picking up trash, which is just horrible. <laughs> Um, and she would wear all black all the time, which is why mm-hmm. she still appears in black to us, which was, we squealed when we read that, like, yes, yeah. that's, that's the other piece. Also her, um, brother and her mother both passed and mm-hmm. she was left kind of alone. Um, the brother is the kind of the shadow that we see walking around upstairs, not really corporeal, but just a little bit there, which was really cool. And we both looked at each other. We're like, I wonder why the mother didn't stay around. 
Yeah. And Krista, Krista was like, I think she was too religious for that. And the last line of her OB or her obituary that I was reading was like, she went to church every week until the day she died. And I was like, oh yeah, that was why. There it is. <laughs> It was awesome validation. Right. Um, which was amazing. Um, and then basically she, because the town thought she was crazy, she kind of kept to herself more and more and more. And um, until an incident happened where she heard a little girl screaming next door and she broke through the window to save the little girl from essentially being essayed, um, mm-hmm. which I don't want to trigger anybody, but essentially being essayed. And they hauled her off to a mental institution for that, um, which is eventually where she passed. And so Krista and I were both like, oh my goodness, talk about like an inspirational role model of a person that didn't get her justice, her divine feminine justice, mm-hmm. um, and the amount of fear she must have felt in those spaces. And then as we, you know, have kind of continued to research her, Krista's learned even more about her, which has been amazing. Yeah. Um, you want to talk well, anything I so- missed there? Um, no, you actually covered a lot and you did it very accurately and very well. So great job. Um, but the irony there was, you know, during this time we were like, man, my, my mother is very involved in the revitalization of Shimokin, Mm -hmm. just a powerhouse, uh, behind so much movement and so much impact that I believe Mm -hmm. Kate would have more than high-fived her. But, Mm -hmm. um, at the time I was like, why? is this not recognized of all the things like it just must not be known. So I brought it up with my mom and said, you know, if anybody can make something happen, it's, it's my mom. She's just, mm-hmm. yes, she's my hero. Cause she's my mom, but she's also just a superhero. She's so, amazing. so I brought it up with her and she was like, yeah, yeah, we'll make something happen. Little did I know that I just found out yesterday, um, which at the recording of this yesterday is my birthday. Uh, I was mm-hmm. hanging out with my mom. It was also mother's day. And she said, so when you brought up Kate, did you know I had been working on creating a space in the museum that my mom created and curated? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you know I'd been creating a space in the museum just for Kate since February, which was two months prior to the time that we had brought it up with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, you've been gathering all of this. And she said, yeah, I just, I had heard about it. And I wondered too, why nothing was recognized and why this, why this wasn't valuable. And, you know, my mom makes sure that people understand the history of Shimokin that is worth the pride that Shimokin deserves to have in itself. Mm -hmm. And so she likes to make sure people know that Edison did a lot of work here that, um, Disney passed through that we had an amazing vaudeville and off-Broadway scene and mm-hmm. all of these things that, you know, Sean Connery filmed a movie there, you know, all this stuff. And so she's like, yeah, this was the, the thing I was going to work on next. And it just so happened that sort of after that, we'd never been told about Kate in the two yeah. times we'd been there before. Mm-hmm. My mom got picked up on in February with the whole Kate story. And then mm-hmm. we got this insistent situation with documented validation in April to really continue this movement and then to lead to this eclipse season, which Mm -hmm. is bringing up a lot of similar themes to what Kate fought for and kind of opening up or, you know, bringing to light some open loops that were not closed for the efforts that she was a part of. Right. And it's so potent. And basically as soon as we acknowledge her and her story, like Mm -hmm. she's been infinitely more chatty it's so yeah. easy for us to tap into her even though I'm across the country now mm-hmm. um she came through in a dream for me which was kind of a trip 
um, and just a bunch of really interesting things. And basically upon talking to her more, she chose to come back after passing. It wasn't that she was yeah. left here. She chose to return because her work wasn't kind of done. Yeah. And that is some major energy of overcoming fear. It really is. And I want to, I want to be clear that like when I encounter a spirit in a location, I always ask if they've had the opportunity to complete the process of integrating in their new state. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, you can call it crossing over or whatever, but to me, it's just a, have you come to terms with where you're at right now? Or are you feeling Mm -hmm. stuck? So it's Mm -hmm. just like life coaching anybody. And when I um, recognized that it was Kate, I channeled in and said, Hey, Kate, in case you haven't had the opportunity and you're looking for it, can I help you with this? And she was like, Oh, uh, uh-uh, been there, done that. That's not what I'm here for. And yeah. so to me, someone who is fully integrated in that state of being, and then comes back as a messenger, yeah. we have a word for that. Even in the Christian faith, it's called angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to me, this is an angelic messenger kind of energy coming back at a time when it's important and really organizing opportunities to help guide us through tense, confusing um, times where we might get stuck in the feeling of powerlessness. But she is reminding us as you and I work with all the time, Mm -hmm. Emily, of the feeling of Mm -hmm. being empowered in adversity, because if anybody would be like the patron saint, at least in my city of this, Mm -hmm. Kate is qualified. It was so interesting for me too, because I'm currently working with LaCosta, mm-hmm. who is way more ancient, obviously, but the same energy of this single woman who literally changed the course of history and no one cared. Mm-hmm. And it's so inspiring. So any of you out there, if you're working on channeling or starting your psychic abilities up, or if you want to just, even if you're really good at it or whatever it is, then you want to channel in some figures from history that would give you that inspiration that you need to continue moving forward in your path in this fight or in your path in this, you know, journey that we're all on together. Mm -hmm. Um, There is so many overlooked women of history that never really even got, I mean, there's a couple articles on Kate that we found but that's not enough. It's not yeah. enough. It's absolutely mind boggling the amount that she's been passed over despite the work that she did. And that's how I felt about LaCosta too. When I started writing her story and the more she tells me, I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that is at the, you know, absolute peak of high vibration fear because going through what she went through is so incredibly terrifying Mm -hmm. genuinely at the very core of it every step of her journey was absolutely terrifying and she moved through it to continue to moving forward um and using that fear as essentially a high vibration tool which is what we want to encourage all of you to do especially leading into this final lunar eclipse of eclipse season yeah yeah um there's some energy (laughs) of that coming up so i want to make sure we talk about that too but we really thought that that was a really wonderful story to share with you all Mm -hmm. to hopefully give you some you know inspiration and help you feel more connected to kind of the divine feminine and higher vibration state of being in and of itself Mm -hmm. and just knowing that even in the 19 teens there were actions to be taken and there were people who were standing up and they were not so different than we are now And we have their experience to stand upon and their shoulders to lean on uh, energetically, spiritually. And even, you know, them coming back as guides for an entire city is incredible. So hopefully this, yeah. Yeah. And to just do it better. 
too, mm-hmm. which like, and nothing to belittle what they're doing, but they were a product of their time. So I know yep. like marginalized groups and people of color were left out of a lot of their considerations and that's mm-hmm. not the case this time. Yeah. Or we're making sure it's not the case this time. Yeah. So to do it better and build off of that too, is really, really awesome. And we're lucky yeah. to be in that space. Yeah. And one of the the terms that I really love thinking about these days is history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. And so we are Mm -hmm. now able to access the last verse or stanza of this poem Mm -hmm. and create a rhyme that progresses that narrative. Um, So, you know, scaling it up, cycling it upwards and spiraling it upwards to a Mm -hmm. higher representation of the ideal that it can reach. And that is very much uh, in alignment with how kind of eclipses work they mm-hmm. fix the the alignment so that you can spiral upward. They are energetically a shoulder for you to stand on and take the next level. And they get you to that next level for you to be able to start, you know, they walk so we can run kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this one, this is very much reminiscent of the eclipse that we had back in November of 2021. It is mm-hmm. a lunar eclipse with the moon in Scorpio. And so a lunar eclipse implies that the moon and the sun are opposing each other very much like they would on a full moon, except that their declination makes it so the earth blocks out the light from the sun to reach the moon. So the sun at this point is on a fixed star known as Algol. And Algol has a reputation for being pretty um, deep, dark, and intense. I'm going to put it that way because the last thing, and I'm going to say this again, and I will say it as long as I need to, this is an episode about finding the other side of fear. And the last thing I want to do is engender fear by telling you about Algol, the fixed star, which is represented in symbol by the, the head of Medusa. And if you think about Medusa in a feminine high vibe way, and I, I think I, last time I told the story about the guillotine mm-hmm. and how it was an invention created under another period when there were eclipses happening near Algol. And the, the intention of the guillotine wasn't to kill people. It was in the circumstances where people are going to be killed. This person was inspired to at least try to make it as painless as possible. So it was, yeah, considering the environment I'm in, let me make this as merciful as I can make it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good analogy or a good metaphor. I'm not saying that, you know, that anything that literal is going to happen, especially in your personal life. So please don't freak out. Um, But I am saying that this is a time where purging and severing from things may be the most painless and merciful way to release something in order to get on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. And so that's an important note to take, especially since during this eclipse, you have the sun and the moon opposing each other on the nodes. Uh, The moon is on the south node, which is another indication that I use for the whole purging, the releasing of something, the excretion of something in a way. Um, And Saturn is at the bend of this eclipse. It is squaring the sun and the moon, creating a T-square. So it's kind of at, um, I love the way Demetra George puts a square at cross purposes with the, um, the opposition of the sun and the moon creating this eclipse. So it's really got this, um, this third perspective, looking at the two of them and kind of creating a sense of conflict to be able to make movement happen instead of just ignoring it or bypassing it or, you know, not being able to be present and active in that. So with Saturn there creating this T square with the eclipse, 
it seems like a focus on, <laughs> and I wrote this before May even happened. So I'm laughing at it now regarding my notes, considering what has come to pass so far, but with a focus on social structures at cross purposes with how resources are provided and how, um, and in order to set up a more long-term solution for support. So apply that as you will to our current headlines. And then we look at, again, the sun. The sun is on Algol at this point. The moon is in fall in Scorpio. And that just means like this is not the moon's favorite place to be. It doesn't have as many resources to be as lunar as it would be in its fullest expression. But it is trying Neptune, which is conjunct Mars in Pisces. And there is this wide opposition happening as well with um, Uranus, which is close to uh, the sun conjoined it like two weeks ago by the time of this episode. So there is some radical change in the air. There is some mm -hmm. revolution happening. I mean, suffragists would know how this feels. Mm -hmm. um, so we do have those things at play as well. Mars conjunct Neptune, as I had mentioned, with this trine to the moon and therefore also forming a little sextile with the sun creates this vague sense of the will we, won't we when it comes to decisions. We want a decision. We want it badly. Mercury at this point is in retrograde and Jupiter is now also in Aries. So it's like, I want big things. I want big happenings, but it's all unfolding really slowly. And there is some confusion in the data and some confusion in the information. And, and, you know, the news that is being revealed is very slow and we're more eager for it than it is to come to us. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're kind of in this statement of kind of having to agree to disagree with certain people feeling like there is, there is no winner discernible yet for whatever mm -hmm. the contention is, but Venus being in Aries is rather feisty. I have this as a natal placement. And so Venus in Aries is very eager to make the first move, very eager to make relationships happen. If this is like a dating situation. And for me, this actually happened. You don't wait for them to ask you out. You just ask them out and like lay the cards on the table. This is how I feel. Are we doing this or aren't we? And that is very much the way that my marriage got started. Um, but also <laughs> Venus is conjunct Chiron. And like I said, Jupiter has now come in. So I wrote for my notes on this TGFJ, thank God for Jupiter, because Venus on Chiron is feeling rather emotional and in Aries might lash out and might want to start a fight in mm. her relationships, you know, just to be able to express all these emotions that are bubbling up and have nowhere to go. So there is this temptation to start an argument for the sake of being able to at least feel your feelings and put them somewhere. But with Jupiter there, Jupiter just came out of Pisces. And there's something about this Jupiter being still in that very first degree. It's at zero degrees and 59 minutes of Aries at the time of this eclipse. So just having come out of dreamy and fluid Pisces, it's still kind of shaking off the hangover <laughs> is how it feels. Mm -hmm. So Jupiter showing up and kind of being like, whoa, 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 this is a little loud and a little intense. Let's break it down and let's like do it quieter and, and more rational. So kind of like the big brother coming in to bring some levity and maybe help decide if there are some repercussions and there are some actions to take, let's do them smart rather than rational or um, irrational. I mean, mm -hmm. and again, Aries is the, like, we're going to do stuff and we're going to do it big or go home. So I'm, and Jupiter is going to be in here for a while. So I'm not saying like explosions today, but mm -hmm. it does look like this eclipse will bring about some radical change, some rapid um, decision-making that will probably have to be 
reevaluated because we do have this Mercury retrograde. So decisions and things like that, especially through Taurus, which Venus rules and is a very feminine resources kind of sign. Um, decisions regarding news, messaging, uh, resources, including, I would probably say, um, again, feminine resources, but also food, finances, the, um, I always forget the word for this, but the, what's it called? The chain supply chain, Uh things like that may also be getting integrated into this theme. And just because we have an eclipse does not mean only one thing is getting addressed. Uh The umbrella that these uh, archetypes cover will probably address a little bit of a lot of it. (laughs) Uh And so I would expect several things to come around on this. The interpretation overall seems like a shift in social economic and resource structures where we're kind of cutting costs or even debts on behalf of people with a vague start and some contentious feelings around it, which you can already see has kind of become a theme. And so doing something, you know, is wise, but not really knowing the promised outcome. So I'm making this decision. I'm taking this action. I don't necessarily see the end of the process here yet, but I know Mm -hmm. this is my next best step. On a personal level, releasing something in order to make space for something that is better, even if you can't picture it yet. So Mm -hmm. uh, the way I see this is if you want to apply this energy, if you are itching for something to do, and I don't blame you, I would a scream into a pillow. And again, I wrote Mm -hmm. this back in April, (laughs) scream into a pillow, vent through exercise or vent to a willing friend or, you know, a, a therapist, someone who is there to listen to you journal, uh, record event session on your phone and just rant to your phone, just Mm -hmm. however you need to do it. And I would also go through and purge your closet of clothing that no longer feels like it represents you Mm -hmm. and purge your pantry of things that are outdated of food. That's no longer there and like ready to be used for you. Because again, there is a lot of social movement happening, but you got to take care of yourself on an individual level. If you don't nourish yourself and Kate would know this, if you don't nourish yourself, you don't have the energy to stand for what you believe in, to stand in your power, to act when it is your time to be called to act. So mm-hmm. take self-care and, and, and live intentionally, as Emily would put it, live on purpose in these days so that A, you recognize a moment when you are given the opportunity to have influence and B, so that you're not missing life as it's going by, as, as society is shifting and clicking into place. If you don't have a role to play in the bigger picture just yet, enjoy the life that you do have or take mm-hmm. actions in your local space and set yourself up for the best situation that you have control over. Don't fester in fear. Go on the other side of it. Make plans for like, if this happens, then I'll do this. Cool. I have a plan. Now I can live my life. Mm -hmm. And that's all you really need to do. The affirmation that I came up with is I honor my emotions and express them in the highest way possible. Again, screaming into a pillow is a high vibration activity when you need to let that out. It's so much better than lashing out at a person Mm -hmm. and, you know, just unloading things on them because hurt people hurt people. So Mm -hmm. if you're feeling hurt, heal. Chiron Mm -hmm. is there. It's the wounded healer conjunct. Venus, which is the ruler of this, um, of the sun at this moment. So it's very important to be able to do that. Mars is the ruler of the moon and technically the ruler of the full moon lunation, full moon eclipse. Mm -hmm. And that is conjunct Neptune, which is also very much a a Chiron Venus vibe of going into the depths and healing the soul. 
So I really want to encourage you to do some like soul peace work, find that inner peace, know what that feels like so that when things feel tempestuous around you, you can find that inner peace in your own personal eye of the storm. Yeah. Um, also if you're angry, you can be angry. I just always want to give everyone like, I'm mad. (laughs) <laughs> just genuinely and I think oh, we especially uterus holders um mm-hmm. but you know oftentimes other people as well but especially that air condition to think that like we're not allowed to be mad or in some way it's bad if we're mad or low vibrate it's mm-hmm. not you can be angry you can yeah. be absolutely angry and that sometimes is the highest expression of your truth that's what yeah. motivates you and that's absolutely fine you just don't want to take it out on other people Exactly. Unless the people that deserve it, I guess, you know, unless they've incurred the anger for whatever reason, but um, that is something to be incredibly conscious of. But if you're Mm -hmm. angry, you can be angry and be spiritual and high vibration still. And I just always want to smash that misconception into the dust. Mm -hmm. And you'll know when it's Mm -hmm. the right thing to do. You'll know when the most loving thing I can do is hold a boundary with you by being blunt. Mm -hmm. And you'll know this is coming from anger or this is coming from a higher expression. And it will serve the purpose of healing you and honoring your feelings as well as illuminating something for that other person. And I will, I'm going to say it, even Jesus, sometimes the most loving thing he did was say, do you have ears to hear what I'm saying? Why must I always repeat this to you? Or, um, you know, even Jesus flipped a table. I am not encouraging you to go find tables to flip. You will know when you see that table, if it needs to be flipped and then you can flip it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying yeah. honor tables your might need some voice. flipping yeah, yeah. <laughs> recently um the other thing with that too I just looked it up while we were on um recording this you can actually see this lunar eclipse um for oh, yeah. if you're in South America all over if you're on the east coast of the United States you can really really see it mm-hmm. um it is pretty much in the middle of the night right up in the high point of the sky for you guys um if you're on the west coast you can see kind of a partial but it will be very early-ish on in the night and it'll be right at kind of the horizon line there um yeah so if you want to see it that's when you can see it so i i actually got to draw up a chart for this it will happen exact thank you for bringing this up emily the eclipse will be exact at 12 15 a.m eastern time I drew up a chart for New York. So that should cover a lot of like East coast, mm-hmm. uh, at least Northeast, especially it will and be on the 16th. Um, so everyone else yeah. is on the 15th. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> great point. It's 15 mm-hmm. minutes into the 16th of May. Um, mm-hmm. And it will be just above. Um, I don't want to say just above because it's in the 11th house on a chart. So mm-hmm. it will be above the, um, the Eastern horizon. So the moon is rising at this time. Yeah. So you'll be able to look at, above the Eastern horizon, just look at the horizon and glance up and you'll find it and um, you'll be able to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Which it'll be much earlier and harder to see if you're on the West coast, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just want you to, to encourage you to do again, um, normally on full moons, it's time for shedding. It's time for releasing mm-hmm. the universe is doing that for you. Just receive and watch. Yeah. No manifestation just receive and necessary. Watch. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to do anything specific. The universe is deciding the things that need to be shed for you essentially right now. So you trying to control the narrative is only going to backfire in your face. Uh, No moon water. Don't worry about moon water. I had a friend, I had a friend who had just gotten into moon water last November and she Mm -hmm. came over to me and she was like, look, I made this for you. And I was like, when, (laughs) and it had been during the eclipse. And I was like, I think that it is beautiful that you are starting this and that this is something that you're honoring. However, I need to explain to you the difference between a full moon and an eclipse. So we had to, you know, 
great practice, not the right time for it. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, it will just keep the next busting moment. your bubbles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the moon water around your bubbles are just going to keep getting burst. So yeah. just don't. Um, it's also not a good time to charge your crystals either. So mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. Um, also, typical full moon things. Mm-hmm. Did we want to um, announce because this will be coming out? Yes, we should. And the week of the eighteenth will happen. Yeah. So. So we are going to be opening up our pitches once more for mm-hmm. the Forgotten Storytellers. So for the next cohort of the Forgotten Storytellers, and we are actually announcing it here first before we announce it anywhere else. Yeah, this is so a special have, preview for listeners we, only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you have a fiction book idea, an idea for a novel that you have always wanted to write, but for some reason, something's always stood in your way, no matter what that is, whether that's time or it hasn't been the right time or your idea doesn't feel formally, fully baked, whatever it is. At the Forgotten Storytellers, we help you to not only get that first draft of that amazing book done, but done in a way that will heal and activate everyone who ever reads it. It is the course of making fiction books into healing talismans that will outlive all of us. Um, And it is so much fun and we love doing it so much (laughs) and we are so excited to bring in our next cohort. So in order to be a part of that cohort, it's really easy. It's super easy. Oh my gosh. Send your rough pitch it doesn't have to be well baked doesn't have to be in a special format just hey this is the book yeah. idea that i have and i think it would be really cool just, just that's it via yeah. email to the forgotten storytellers or if you want more information go to forgottenstorytellers.com and because we have can, that now <laughs> we have our own website so forgottenstorytellers.com and that is where you can also get more information about the program and submit your pitch from there as well yeah. and we don't need like a massive word document if you have a massive word document that's awesome great you're ahead of the game for this your yes. pitch can be a sentence saying i want my book to teach people this kind of feeling mm-hmm. and here's sort of the characters and what they're learning yeah. two sentences is as easy as it can be that's why we mm-hmm. call it a messy pitch because we're not here to judge it we're not here to like critique it we're here to pick up on what your heart is saying through this story, because Mm -hmm. we are going into this with an intuitive uh, inclination and to see if our energies are the right ones to help Mm -hmm. guide you through this process. So no pressure. If you feel like this is the right time, I'm sure your fingers will start typing. And uh, we, we love that. We, we never fail to meet incredible people during this process. And we are talking to you. So if you're listening to this and you're like, this could be my moment, give it a shot. We'll Mm -hmm. help you find out. And, you know, if we, if we feel like we resonate with your pitch, we get to jump on a phone call. So you'll get to ask us all the questions you have. It's definitely like a win-win, no strings, no loss kind of situation. It's going to be fun. And that's the idea. Yeah. So if we resonate with your pitch, then we hop on a call and we really get to know you and your idea and you get to know mm-hmm. us and what, how we can help you. And then we see if it's aligned from there. Um, and yep. that's kind of the way that it works. We keep our cohorts really small and really intimate because we want to get to know you and your book and make sure that you have the highest chance of success because we're so intimately invested in exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's amazing. You get a, yeah. so much stuff out of it too. A customized publishing plan. You get to learn how yeah. to channel and activate and talk to your characters. It is literally like a, yeah. hey, you want to be psychic? And hey, you want to write a book course combined together with your astrological divine timing. It is so cool. And we're, and every time we do it, we're just like, we can't believe we get to work with these people because <laughs> all of you are so incredible. 
And you'll get to meet Kate because this is where we actually use the writing retreat with the B&B that we mentioned on this episode. So you will have the opportunity to come hang out at Bamsi Coffee Shop, get some writing. There's so many other surprises that we have baked in that I'm not going to tell you, but I love, and I'm still bad at keeping secrets. So I'm going to cut myself out there. (laughs) Yeah. So we do a writing retreat as part of this program um, and we host it and you get to stay with Kate and she's awesome. She's not like a spooky haunty ghost. Mm-hmm. She's just really incredible. Um, yep. But yeah, so if you're interested, again, forgottenstorytellers.com or email us forgottenstorytellers at gmail with your messy pitch. That's enough. Mm-hmm. We will be in touch from there. Um, also, we just want to thank you guys for being here, for listening. We know that it's really kind of a tumultuous time to be alive right now. And we hope that this gave you some comfort. Take care of yourself, take care of your energy, and remember that you have the power to go, go make, make some, some magic. magic.